previously on the Strictly Conversational podcast. Fears, the irrational fear that Jaws going to somehow from the ocean yeah. <laughs> take a train. Jaws is going to take public transit to your the apartment. Lincoln, no. grabbing the, bar. <laughs> the Lincoln Park Zoo runs right by the red line. So my parents recently, they watched the movie Spencer. Mm-hmm. Well, Yikes, not, that's a scary one. Well, not out and out a horror movie. I know, British this, people, like, are you kidding me? I mean... <laughs> no, those corgis, they really spooked me. Uh, and I don't fully, like, just not fully tracking with all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know, some it, people it, have lame taste. It happens to all of us, I guess. Yikes! <laughs> nice. I would like to to kick us off here. With kick us off at minute forty two. Yeah, so I'd like to kick us off here. <laughs> if this was the movie no, 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 fresh, is, the title card would just have started. <laughs> this is like the this is the last this is where we're wrapping up this thing. But yeah. here's mine for the day is I mentioned it before, but I want to talk about Antlers. And Antlers was a movie that I was insanely excited for. I thought it was an incredible premise. Um mm-hmm. I thought that it was gonna be genuinely uh really tense, kind of horrifying. Um, and you know, I like monster movies. I want a good monster movie. Um, and what we got with antlers was an incredibly confusing, um, I would say an incredibly confusing, uh, Oh, what's the word? Why am I blanking on the word? Uh, it's a depiction of no, uh, a painting film. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's an incredibly confusing take on, um, domestic abuse Mm. And how that affects um, not only children, um, but how that affects their lives afterwards. And for me, for whatever reason, I'm entering the social work field in my in my job, which is a weird turn that I didn't think my life was going to take. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning so much about um, how trauma breeds abuse, and that's just a fact, right? I mean, it's statistically right. a fact that that childhood trauma breeds abuse. Antlers cranks this up to 10, 11, 12, all the way up, as high as you can go, and says, yes, trauma breeds abuse, or uh, yeah, trauma breeds abuse, okay? If you've experienced something traumatic, um, then you are more likely to abuse. Um, But it takes it a step further and says, therefore, if you have been abused as a kid, you are too far gone. And you will abuse in the future. And that to me is so problematic that it I had flashbacks of like Predator from 2018, where they like completely just bungle the concept of autism. And oh, I see like, what you're do you, rem- do you remember going to see that, Garrett? I try like, not to. That's not the Predators that I saw. No, I try I, not to. I know. <laughs> um, but I wake like, up every morning honestly, and I'm like, I, I do some yoga meditations to try to forget that movie. But you brought it back, so appreciate it. <laughs> Yo, you're welcome. But like you have movies like that that totally bungle this idea or whatever they're trying to say. And the problem with the movie is that it delivers it effectively. If that message was like correct, it would be delivered really well for the most part, I think, because it does Mm -hmm. a good job of showing like, no, the father who is clearly abusive has turned into this literal monster um, that he can't help at this point, and the kids are suffering. But then at the end, guys, I'm going to spoil antlers for you. Um, the main, the the main character kills the kid. She like stabs this kid in the back and is like, "It's too late. He's going to turn into this monster. Just got to kill him." That's yeah. it. That's like that's how the movie ends. I was absolutely hornswoggled. I was 
bamboozled out of my mind oh, that they really ended. I don't think you can say that anymore. You can't. I, I checked. <laughs> you could have said uh, hornswoggled in any context, and I would have. I would have assumed that you thought you knew what that word meant. If you were like, <laughs> I do, dude, now. I haven't eaten all day. I am hornswoggled right now. I'd be like, I'm all right, I guess that means he's hungry. Right that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. Me and Bailey have started saying absolutely weaseled. <laughs> like, man, I am absolutely I'm weaseled. weaseled right can, now. I, can I get that in a sentence? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, it has a lot of different uses. Let's I'm, just say that. Should I do the okay. one that we heard? I'm going to go home, get weaseled, get absolutely weaseled, and watch some space videos. Okay. I, 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 yeah. okay. I can I can. Do you understand the, the picture? There. I can connect If you go down to yeah. South Beach and you hear that all the time, <laughs> it's at Venice. Just go down the boardwalk. And yeah. Oh, God. I would never. Anyways. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, long, long rant over on how much I hate antlers. But the, the fact remains that um, the movie clearly tried to say something, but in doing so... Um, it put forth a really destructive argument. And so for somebody like me who's thought more about this, now working in the social work field, um, I would hope to God that some of the clients that I have, um, that I know like where where their background is, I would hope to God that that these like small children, you yeah. know, that my mindset is not, well, they're screwed. Like yeah, good yeah. luck growing up. You're screwed. Yeah, that's it's horrible. It's it's interesting how some movies can come along and like try to tell a story of a, and they end up accidentally kind of telling the contrast of it and like more yeah. accurately portray the the very opposite of that. One that comes to mind as being like probably the most prominent example that I can think of, at least off the top of my head, is uh, 1980s Cannibal Holocaust, um, which oh, is yeah. like this found footage movie that's like in some parts like kind of a snuff film in a way to where there's like real animal abuse in the movie and it's very upsetting to watch. And then it portrays like these um, indigenous tribes of whatever country that they're in, like very poorly. And the movie is like telling this message of like, yeah, if you give them the chance, like media corporations and journalists will kind of abandon any sense of like integrity or journalistic integrity in exchange for kind of sensationalism and the like violence is kind of a, a, a way to do that. But the movie in and of itself is sensationalist kind of sounds and, like you're describing and overtly the violent. And like, again, it kind of does abandon this sense of integrity in order to shock people. So I think that that's when that kind of comes to mind of uh, like you set out to to maybe say a cautionary tale of whatever, but you ended up just kind of doing the thing that you were like preaching against. And that's, that's very uh, hypocritical in a way. Yeah. Freaking hate yeah. that movie. <laughs> imagine, imagine like finishing the movie as like the people that worked on it. And then you like go to the premiere and you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> that was not what I intended. I, I, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about throughout this conversation. Um, Garrett kind of alluded to it and I let it slip a little bit earlier, but like the movie Hereditary as an example between all this, right? In terms of like where this can go right. Like this this message even in particular, mm -hmm. movie about how generational trauma can breed current abuse and current crisis and current grief mm -hmm. um, and just a horrifying, you know, in, 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 insane situation these people are in. Yeah. Like that I think is a perfect example of like, this is what can happen if you do this, right? It's a cautionary tale almost. Like mm -hmm. these horrible things can transpire. Mm -hmm. Maybe not exactly, but your life is going to be a nightmare. Um, and it's like antlers almost got there. 
but decided to take it just a, a step further. Yeah. <laughs> where they're like, oh, no, yeah. we have to say something new. So <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna insinuate that. So that's kind yeah. of the difference between like this is a point that you're making that, that that's correct, but let's just let's hold back and try you, to yeah try they to were evaluate. so close yeah. they're so close um, yeah so interesting example um, I, th- I think to kind of close out this conversation when when you see examples like this or Gary even you mentioned cannibal holocaust like mm-hmm. and you in and, and those, those this isn't a modern piece of horror this is what what do you want pieces like this or even like directors that are up and coming to sort of like, what would you want them to learn from like maybe current horror movies? Like what, what can they take from them? Um, like good examples um, to, I don't know, continue to make stories that are effective and have messages that are consistent and um, yeah agreeable, I would say. I, that's, that's one of the main things is, is, you know, how I guess now that we're entering this era of, quote unquote elevated horror being the norm mm-hmm. um, that that everyone is looking for something to say in this medium um, it's it's hard now to picture a world where Ari Aster didn't change the face of horror cinema um, to where everything now wants to be branded as this thing that has something to say and examples that come to mind are like Robert Eggers also I would say Robert Eggers totally yes yeah well. um, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know Movies Jordan like <laughs> movies like Saint Maud and Lamb um, are are two that come to mind where it's like no they have an expectation placed on them now um, to be something that the filmmaker doesn't clearly they didn't want that you know because I can watch Saint Maud and say I don't think that that the filmmaker wanted this to be you know the next Hereditary otherwise it would have tried a little bit harder and maybe been a little bit more obvious that it is because it clearly isn't or i i guess like to kind of push back on that just a little bit like i don't know if it was an, a, a a matter of not trying hard enough no 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 that's what it, i'm saying it just yeah. might be like a he was going for something or it, yes it, she was going for something completely different um and i think the the studio i i think unfortunately placed this like this is the scariest movie you've ever seen that's exactly since the yeah. last really that's scary exactly what i'm saying is like yeah if if it was trying to be that if oh, it was sure. trying yeah, to yeah. be that you would know that it was like actually attempting right but it's not it's something totally different and so it's hard i don't know garrett i'm gonna pass it off to you because mm-hmm. in my mind i'm just worried that the idea of elevated horror um, as the norm now is forcing, you know, filmmakers um, and and films themselves to have these expectations like St. Maud or Lamb or even the Northman, I would say, has this expectation placed on it because it comes from, you know, this same little quad of people that gave us something else. And we're like, OK, we're ready for it. And, you know, what do you have to show? I'm worried, I guess, that that norm is now taking over. So I have no idea like what needs to be done in terms of, you know, behind the camera on a page, what do people do to remedy this? I have no idea. I don't really know if it needs remedying, to be honest. Um, I think the idea of elevated horror is always something that I've pushed back against because like we've talked about now that you can you can have movies that take more of a tongue-in-cheek approach about something like Malignant. I don't think most people would yeah. call that elevated horror. And you're still Certainly able not, to yeah. discuss heavier themes and heavier ideas. And then you can have something like 
hereditary since that's like the topic and that's like a very serious upsetting movie and you can you can uh, also ex- you know explore uh, heavier a little bit you know um, deeper ideas I guess but then you can have something that comes along uh, like the newest Scream movie like that was very financially successful and it's more of like kind of a blockbuster horror film but I think something uh, that I would point to as it doesn't have to be either or is something like Get Out Um, A lot of people say that that's like elevated horror and all movies should be like get out because it's really political and it has something to say. And I've always just pushed back against that. It's like, well, most horror in most movies in general do have something to say because the opposite, if you're claiming that that's special, then you're admitting that most movies have nothing to say, which I just think is that kind of a depressing thought. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) Get Out is able to have this really fun blockbuster sense, but also have a lot to say as well. And I don't think it has to be either or. I think you can accomplish both really well. But for me, the reason I say it doesn't really need remedying is because a lot of the elevated horror that we're talking about is mostly pertaining to indie horror. And those are always Mm going to be a little bit more niche. And those are always going to take bigger creative swings and they're not trying to be for everybody. And so there are certain ideas or moods or tones or whatever that just aren't going to resonate with everybody because they're not designed to. They're not appealing to the lowest common denominator here. um, Whereas some other movies do come out like Halloween kills or something like that, where they, they, or Candyman to where they like put that in the theater and try to make as much money as they possibly can. A lot of the Conjuring movies do that too. Um, so that's more of like the blockbuster horror and the trends that you see there are mostly similar to what you see in a lot of other action movies. It's IP based, sequel based. So that's kind of like something that's just plaguing Hollywood in general. But I kind of, I love where horror is at right now and that there is this appetite for movies that have something to say, but can also offer something really fun and exciting. Like X came out um, a couple weeks ago and it has something to say. It's also super fun. And like you can chaunch popcorn watching that movie. So I don't think it needs to be either or. I think it can absolutely be both. And I think there is an appetite for both too. Yeah, I, I, I have the tendency to, to agree with you. And uh, I, I like this new kind of new brand of horror that we're getting. So I think like for a while, I think from like 2015 to 20, 2020, we had like elevated horror. That was like the expectation. And now we're like in the streaming horror era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where yeah. I can just like go home and like watch fresh. And it's yeah. like I think another uh, a good blend of what you're talking about of like, oh, this is trying to say something, but also is a legitimately really, really fun movie mm-hmm. and is really effective. So striving for and I guess the piece of advice that I could give <laughs> is like just be yourself <laughs> like like right yeah. like do not think that you need to say something like somebody else because people really loved that thing because we still need new perspectives and new takes yeah. and I, yeah, I, I was I, 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 I love that yeah I was going to say that as well and that's something that I would just blanketly say across movies is tell stories that you know and uh, people who are pushing the checks and green lighting movies hire filmmakers that have stories to tell and have perspectives right. and are reflective of your audience that is going to see these movies because I think a lot of people have come along and are telling stories that uh, pertain to their own culture and pertain to their own past and uh, Ari Aster since he's been brought up uh uh, Midsommar was a personal experience for him and this was kind of an exploration of things and ideas that he was dealing with and that right. comes through in the movie because there are nuances and, and, intric- and intricacies that are utilized in the movie that feel personal and I think because he was crowned the May Queen yeah 
but I, I think it's it's always going to be good to bring people in who have different stories to tell and have unique experiences right. to share. I think that that's blanketly in filmmaking. That's always a good thing is diversity in thought and in taste. You know. Yeah, because I think like not to be not to be like a, a doomsayer, but the problem with I think the general movie going public is is like you said, Garrett. They're they're obsessed with IP. And like, how is Spider Man going to connect to the new Moon Knight show that we're getting this week? Like, how yeah. how, how am I going to see these connected universes across the board? And it's less about what these movies are saying and more about how can I get the most in this that I can? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I I kind of think we're missing that level of intentionality that sometimes movies can provide. Um. Anyway, uh, kind of. On the same topic of, of movies in the movie world as a whole, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Academy Awards were, were last night. We're recording on Monday. Uh, last night was Sunday night, um, March, I think it was the, the 27th. 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Academy Awards were last night, and boy, boy what howdy. <laughs> it was an absolute doozy and a half. So I um, originally wanted to have this conversation because we were going to record before the Academy Awards to kind of do some some best picture power rankings. But, you know, uh, Coda won best picture. And somehow that was not the craziest thing to happen last night. <laughs> um, so let's kind of let's kind of unpack this because, you know, I, I, Garrett and I, I, I think we, we have been watching the Academy Awards together since 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have actually have a video on my phone of Garrett finding out <laughs> the Suicide Squad just won an Oscar and he's absolutely freaking <laughs> still out. Not it's over one of my favorite it. videos still ever. not over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the Academy Awards. What were, what were, uh, let's talk about, let's be positive, right? Let's, what, what, are, what, are some, what were some high highs of last night? What were some personal favorite moments? I, I'm gonna, I, here's the thing. I don't have a ton. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. But I will say, uh, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes uh, and Regina Hall were not nearly as insufferable as I thought it would be um, because I despise Amy Schumer. Um, and it wasn't that bad. Mm. It like was not that bad. I like when she was Spider Man. That was cool. Um, <laughs> Garrett, what about you? What was, what was a high moment for you? Um, something that's always a high moment for me uh, is seeing the reaction of people that win, and there is this real sense of gratitude and uh, you know thankfulness there, uh, and it, it actually feels something special. The Academy Awards have always been something that's pretty easy to make fun of, um, but seeing Troy Couture win his Oscar last night and oh goodness. signing Thank his you. acceptance speech and hearing the you know the translator on the verge of tears uh, as he's yeah. like translating for him. Super emotional moment. Uh, Ariana DeBose and her acceptance speech was excellent. Um, and yeah, uh, Summer of Soul, Questlove's acceptance speech was really emotional and cutting to his yeah. mom that was there and talking about how it was like a tribute to his father. Super emotional stuff. And I dare anybody to watch that clip and then tell me the Academy Awards don't matter. And these trophies right, that these people exactly. get don't matter. It's like I... yeah flies in the face of that. I always hate that. And every single year consistently, there are awards that I can point to and you can see the, the, the happiness and the joy and the, the, the gratefulness that is on these people's face. And it means something to them. And I just, I can't stand that idea that it's just like the cynical kind of, Oh, it's just so dumb. It's just a bunch of rich people getting together because they mean something to these people. And it also means something to me. Uh, I um I feel the exact same um and uh, so, so what a take that I 
am, am, am just absolutely so sick of is, is what you were just referring to. It's like, oh, it's all, it's all bureaucratic and stupid and, and uh, it, it doesn't matter at all. It's all arbitrary. It's like, yeah, we understand that. It is arbitrary. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like there are a lot of movies that we all love from last year that didn't get any love. But you mm-hmm. look at those moments, those beautiful, beautiful moments, and you find out why um, this all matters, why movies matter and why making movies and being a part of movies is so important to these people. And I think it reminds us movie lovers unite, <laughs> you know, true. it reminds us like that, that, that this all does matter. It's all a unifying thing. It's not to separate us. It's not to uh, further um, device us or polarize us. I, I think that's a, a really yeah. great point. I heard recently it was like, oh, it doesn't even matter. It's all bureaucratic. It's like, yeah, but so is the world. So like, you know, like, <laughs> that, that means that nothing matters. So, um, and I think, a moment so people I, I have a moment also at when you're when oh, you're finished okay. I just want to make sure you didn't move on because I oh, had a yeah, real sure. one okay great I just um, of, yeah I, I don't know I haven't really heard a lot of takes on this just because last night was such a wash of the smack heard around the world but um, I uh, really loved the in memoriam I was just gonna say that uh, I, I like I, I love when like funerals in particular are kind of a celebration of life and less yeah. of a like let's sing Blackbird and be really sad about it though yeah. that was a beautiful moment with Dave killer moment Blackbird, killer but, moment yeah, yeah. So, such an amazing moment but I, I, I thought that was so unique and cool to kind of see like that celebration of life yeah um, and having like Bill Murray come and talk about Ivan Reitman like I thought that was really Really, really sweet. I wish they would have paused on Stephen Sondheim a little bit, just because you know West Side Story was such a, a big movie from last year, and yeah, and he, Tick Tick Boom, I mean, and Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, hey, yeah, he's in Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, uh, or Bradley yeah. Whitford's in Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, as him. But yeah, I wish they would have paused maybe to, to talk about him. But I thought that moment was, in particular, um, pr- pretty beautiful. No, that's uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Was it's it's new and refreshing to actually feel like there's um, some attention being paid, and I wonder if it's just because there's. Um, a few more recognizable names uh, than there have been in in past years um, with Betty White and with Ivan Reitman and Stephen Sondheim and um, and a few others, but um, it's just so there there is something a bit more special about the not just not just something being said about these people that have passed because anybody can say anything, but these people that you look at on stage and you say like that is the community right? That is their community. As funny as it is, Will Smith said something during his acceptance speech that he referred to like, we in this room know how hard it is to blah, blah, blah. And it like stuck with me to be like, yeah, like, because I think he said something like, this is what, you know, what we do. Um, and that like includes all those people on that long list that like people in the room have something to say about. So, you know, because that is a community and it's a real community as bureaucratic as it might be, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that's a great, great point. Um, I think transitioning into low lows, uh, though there's one pretty obvious example. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when Belfast won Best Original <laughs> Screenplay, it's a pretty yeah. low moment. The elephant in the uh, room here is when Belfast won yeah. Original yeah. Screenplay. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think that was the only moment that I yelled at the screen. My mom was like, why were you yelling last night? And I was like, Belfast won Best Original Screenplay. When, when Kenneth Branagh <laughs> won as the character of Belfast. Yeah, uh, something that, that I, I think, Garrett, to kind of piggyback off of yours, uh, in particular, Quest Love speech. I felt like that moment was so beautiful yeah. and was completely, I felt like, overpowered by what just happened. Yep. And we're not spending enough time talking about that incredible moment. Mm-hmm. And instead, like even in the green room after, he was immediately asked about the smack and he was yeah. not asked about his movie. And it's like, yeah. did you 
completely tone deaf. It's probably. kind of the yeah. same so. thing as like what happened to Moonlight, you know, like the, it was this right, exactly. really oh magical yeah. moment that could have been. Um, and it's now immortalized as being something completely different. And that power is kind of yeah. taken away from them. And I, I always hate that. And so, yeah, to like kind of address that, like I, I didn't really say anything like on Twitter about it, but I think just like, and you know, the, the hours that have passed since this, like, uh, the, the joke that Chris had made was probably in poor taste. Um, with that being said, he is not the first comedian to tell a joke in poor taste on the Academy Awards stage. That's kind of the job of the the And the won't host. be the last. It will not be the last either. They come up there, look at Rick, Ricky Gervais a few years ago. That's kind of their job is they just get up there and roast people and say things. And Will Smith had a choice to either let this... Um, overtake his emotions and his physical actions or could have maybe took it on the chin or took it in a different direction and address it later. There's post Oscar interviews where people get their award and they're asked by the press could have been an opportunity to talk about it then. But I just was, I was, I felt so bad that this moment that could have meant a lot to not only the Smith family, but the, uh, the Williams family, but also a lot of people who look up to Will Smith in Hollywood um, because he yeah. is one of the most prominent black actors that we have today. And the fact that he's even giving those naysayers like a little bit of ammunition, ammunition is just really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think somebody's that that's not being talked about as, enough in this whole altercation is Denzel Washington. Um, I think out of everybody, he handled it the best that he yeah. is someone who is also Hollywood royalty and is also an uh, a, a really important figure in, you know, black cinema. And he used this opportunity to share wisdom and went over to Will and tried to share that and tried to offer him insight into kind of how to handle this moment, uh, this very vulnerable moment. I thought he handled it really well. We're obviously not going to know the ins and outs of that conversation that they had. Um, but I'm yeah. glad that he used his platform and his status to go to someone who is a little bit younger and kind of share some wisdom, uh, share some wisdom. So all in all, should Chris have made the joke? Probably not. Uh, should Will Smith have gone up there and assaulted somebody on national television? Also, so, probably not. Um, and I thought <laughs> his acceptance speech um, left a bit to be desired. Um, I felt like a, a lot of it was this weird kind of, I'm sorry, but also this is who I am. And also I'm an actor and I can't separate myself God from the characters and God told me to do some things. Yeah, it was, it was just, <laughs> yeah. it was a very odd thing. Obviously you, you're swept up in not only you just won your first Academy Award, something you've wanted to do for a very long time, but also you kind of publicly embarrassed <laughs> uh, a lot of people that you care about. I understand that he's not going to say the perfect thing. And I think, uh, the comments that the statement that he released later on Instagram, which that just happened a couple of hours ago, I think is, is much more, is much better. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's just unfortunate that that happened. Um, and I, I was really looking forward to him winning cause I anticipated him winning. I was really looking forward to that yeah. speech. Just didn't see it happen that way because um, I was yeah. watching it. And like everybody else, I was like, is this a bit like what's going on right now? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> right. my God. So very odd, uh, very odd yeah. night in, in that That kind of broke your bingo card, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had things I, that I thought would happen. Definitely some Spider-Man jokes. Um, Amy Schumer is going to say something probably stupid. Uh, speaking of which, 
Kirsten Dunst moment, that whole thing was really odd. Like the whole yeah, the, seat the holder seat, thing. The warmer thing. I yeah, that was really strange. Not a big fan of that. And talk about yeah. like a husband that could have probably said or done some things in, in a moment. Uh, I think <laughs> right. Jesse Plemons definitely would have been well within his rights to get a little bit upset about that. As, yeah, right. Yeah, that, 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 that's a, that's a, that's also a great a great point. I think going back to that Denzel thing, and then I'll pass it off to you, Noah. Like Denzel gave him, I think, really beautiful advice, right? Whether you're mm-hmm. a person of faith or not, I think it's true that when you're at the top of the mountain, something's going to try to push you off. Yeah. And that was the perfect example of like, yeah, devil's going to come for you when you're at the top of the mountain. Like, yeah. I, I think that's just... What what a wonderful thing, and and it's ironic coming from someone who just played Macbeth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally being at the top of the mountain, being shoved off. <laughs> uh, so I I think that's a that was a really really beautiful piece of advice. I also really don't understand why how well, last night was like probably one of the longer award shows ever, and they still decided to not show all, and it didn't even matter. So let's just I let's know. Just talk about that that's- for a second. That, that, that's a whole yeah. other thing is I, the whole night I felt like kind of the Academy got what it deserved because the way the lead up to this, how they've changed the format and the scheduling of all of it, I'm kind of like, it was a complete mess beforehand and the result was a complete mess. And right. these whole MTV awards that they're doing of, oh, best moment. And it's like, well, you know, people have said like, what's next? Best kiss, you know? And I, I kind of feel that <laughs> way that it's odd that they're removing these categories that are so integral to the final product of the films that we all know and love and are like, yeah. what's the fan favorite movie of the year? It's just like <laughs> completely ridiculous. All of that is is complete nonsense. Very disappointed in the Academy for, for doing all of that. And then also like, yeah. hey, let's do a five minute performance of we need to talk about or we don't talk about bruno it's just like (laughs) we need to talk about we need to talk about bruno no it just it feels very (laughs) like um yeah the the academy had done a lot of things leading up to this that i was not terribly uh thrilled with so i think they honestly kind of they they deserved a messy outcome and that's kind of what they got that's what they got yeah yeah i think it's always interesting like that you know people that kind of I don't know. Are invested in this award show? They know that that they know they know things like best editing. Usually, if you get nominated for the best editing Oscar, it's pretty it's a pretty big tell to best picture. Obviously, that was not the case this year, but usually it is, right? Yeah. And they they, they showed that off camera. So silly. Anyway, yeah. no. What was a um, low moment for you? Yeah, I wanted to circle back to the uh, the slap um, and kind of the the consequence of that because I was telling Bailey earlier. I've been thinking about it all day and I don't know why um, because there's something about it that feels really icky to me. And, and I've stayed off of Twitter. I've stayed off of Instagram. I know that it's everywhere online. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I, I took a shower today and I was like thinking about it and it like, I had this, I had epiphany R as it were. shower thoughts. From I, Noah. <laughs> um, I had an epiphany um, that is just so weird. I have, from what I have seen online, um, because I've seen a lot on Facebook and whatever, and I've tried to stay off Instagram, but still, um, I've seen everybody that is talking about it. Um, n- nobody is standing up for Will Smith, right? Nobody is 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 uh, coming to his defense, you gotta, right? You had to log on to Facebook, my guy. No, no, no. That's the thing is, I <laughs> they're was, all there. No, I was, and like everything that I've seen is nobody's defending Will Smith. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty par for the course, right? He assaulted somebody on live TV. That's not what you want. So nobody is going to come to his defense uh, except for Jaden Smith, but that's a whole different thing. Um, but here's the thing. Nobody is defending him, 
And so everybody's kind of on the same page. But I feel like there should be a disconnect where we are, as a country, as an as an audience, as as people, we're divided in half by the by you know one side and the other. And here's where I started to notice some difference that like not enough people are talking about. And I feel like it's almost dangerous. This is my like stay safe out there, kids. Um, is that the there are two different camps. There's people that are like, uh, Will Smith should not have done what he did. And Chris Rock should not have said that joke because that was, you know, what incited this. And it wasn't a great joke. Um, there are secretly people out there that are, that are in the camp of Will Smith should not have done that. However, that joke, totally fine. And that's like, to me, was really dangerous to start seeing people kind of that crossover of this, hive mind of people that are all ganging up on will smith but but a lot of them are like no but chris rock wasn't in the wrong in making that joke and that's a totally appropriate joke um and i just feel like that's that's to me was i was like that's it that's the part that was icky that there are people out there in the world that um you know are saying like no that was that was fine and that's not insensitive and that was a complete overreaction because i would make that joke to somebody that has a, a medical condition that to me was, I was like, I came away from that feeling very icky. And I think that the conversation around it has, has kind of bred that in a way that feels like it could be dicey. Again, it's not like it has outlying repercussions. It was just something to me that I was like, I came away from the the show last night feeling very icky. And I, fa- I kind of discovered that that's what it was about. I think. I think something that, I think that's that's fair. I think, um, I don't know, not to justify it at all, because I don't, I don't necessarily think that joke was in pocket, right? I think there's yeah. some problematic elements to it for sure. I, I don't also even a dated reference. Nobody's brought that up. Yeah, GI Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. best you got, pal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just not sure if, like, unfortunately, being a really famous person, like I think Will Smith is like one of the most famous people ever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. especially living right now. You have to, I think, sort of accept some things, unfortunately, some unfortunate pieces of being a famous person and unfortunate pieces of being um, at an Academy Awards show. Right. And I think like you're, you're going to get made fun of. And I think to some element, you do have to thicken the skin. And it felt like his skin was particularly thin, which is so strange because he has run one of the best all-time best Oscar campaigns I've ever seen, right? He's just performing immaculately in interviews. He's out there doing, being sweet, like working with the, the Williams sisters and really, really trying to communicate this, you know, almost like a character that is striving for this thing. And then suddenly at, at the moment where he steps up to the plate to literally hit a softball pitch of a home run. He literally grabs the bat and beats the pitch (laughs) to death. Yes. (laughs) And so I, I think there just was like, Though it was an out-of-pocket joke for sure, and it was not necessarily okay, I don't even think that's the worst joke I've heard in an Academy Awards ceremony. It's probably true. I've heard way worse. And so though like his marriage is pretty publicly not going well, um, and his life is rather complicated, which can be read in his new memoir, (laughs) you know, like, um, but I think because of those things and because of the public nature of his career, though it's not okay, I think that he should have maybe 
been able to take it a little bit better. I don't know, Garrett. I don't know if you have a take about that, about that or not. I, I thought a lot of the humor as well. I was just a little let down. It seemed a very cynical, a lot of it of like, ha ha ha, yeah. nobody's seen these movies. These movies are so like, nobody gives a crap about these movies. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. Um, I think the, ask the people that uh, resonated with Coda. Did this movie matter to them? Uh, what about Encanto? Right. Um, what right. about the power of the dog? Like there's a, uh, a West Side Story, uh, the queen of basketball. Yeah. Like there's a lot of uh, Summer of Soul. <laughs> there was a lot of movies that were nominated this year. Uh, Flea uh, that tell stories of, of people yeah. whose stories might not have had the same kind of stage offered to them. Or in the case of West Side Story, may have not been told as faithfully or as respectfully as they deserve. And I just thought it was such a shame that uh, the the films that were nominated this year, which I have to say was one of the better kind of batches of nominations that we've had in a while, yeah. um, was just consistently like them just punching down at them. I thought that that was, was really unfortunate that, you know, I, yeah, I was just I like saw a tweet. The, the cynicism on display was just kind of gross. I saw, I saw a tweet last night that was like, you know, it's not funny making fun of, uh, the fact that nobody's seen these movies. That's not, that's not funny at all. And, yeah. uh, I, I'm sure that the people that worked on nightmare alley and made that movie look as good as it did, because again, that's one of the best looking movies I've seen in a long time yeah. that nobody saw. I'm sure they did not love that. You kept joking about how nobody's seen their movie. I'm yeah. sure Guillermo del Toro didn't like it either. Or Ryusuke, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Drive like, my car. The fact, yeah. yeah. The fact that he got played off early and like, yeah, I'm sure he didn't appreciate that either also a really icky moment and you let will smith talk for three minutes like i i don't you know there's just some there's some things about it that don't really feel like it's a celebration of movies and movie lovers it's a celebration of how do we get this show back on track after being yeah, and, so low rated for so long yeah and, and, and the one person who did come up and try to share their love for movie and the power for movies was kevin costner and immediately after that jane campion lover love power of the dog but like immediately just kind of like made like, fun Whoa, of him that was pretty boring well, you know well, what i mean also like, like has been putting her foot in her mouth like all awards season like she's yeah. just it's just stuff like that that you're absolutely right totally don't understand you know yeah. and uh it's just it's just an interesting interesting thing so we'll have yeah. to, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens next year and um hopefully this this won't ruin things but i i think that their ratings were probably pretty far up especially from <laughs> last year which was the lowest rated oscars ever so hopefully that's gonna do something <laughs> i don't know yeah what, I, I i was uh, talking earlier about it and it's like hey guys maybe if you want people to watch the oscars why don't you let people watch the oscars because if you don't have tv how are you watching this thing? Like if you don't have like a subscription yeah, right. to ABC on Hulu or whatever, you probably can't watch this. So maybe think of like, uh, I don't know, other ways that people can do like a pay-per-view kind of situation or watch this like, cause it's kind of hard to track down unless you're someone who like knows someone who has TV, you know, if you want people yeah. to watch the Oscars, make sure people can watch the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's the, probably the most important thing to make them quote unquote rel relevant again, you know, because they are unfortunately not relevant. Um, or just add another award of like biggest yassification of a, of a superhero or something. I don't know. Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> Best yeah, cameo. That. How about that? <laughs> and I think like, Though I don't necessarily think it's even one of the 10 best, not even close to one of the 10 best films of the year. Um, I think also, like, award what's popular. Like, though I know the Academy is a voting body, they, they, are, they are pretty autonomous in the way that they vote. But, like, I, I do not think that, that Belfast is a better movie than Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> so, like, put something fun in there to see, like, 
for the 10 year olds that maybe want to see Andrew Garfield go up and accept an award, let them see that, you know, it's not going to win, but just throw the people a bone a little bit. If that's what you want to do, then, then commit to it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> anyway, yeah. So, I, uh, you go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to move on, but if you, if you have a point, let's make it. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that like the the academy to me is 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 not a popularity contest, and I I truly want the best movies of the year to to be nominated. Belfast, uh, in my opinion, even Coda, not not the the best batch of movies that we have. Yeah. Um, and I think the reward that Spider Man No Way Home gets is the big fat stack of cash that they got. You know, um, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe the incorporating certain speeches or, or, or certain, you know, presenters of, of more popular movies that are, are, are discussed here. Sure. Whatever. Um, I just yeah. don't, I don't, uh, if I'm going to pick the best 10 movies that I saw this past year, Spider-Man No Home is not going to fit into that, but Hey, n- neither would <laughs> yeah. Belfast or don't look up. So, right. Bro, <laughs> same with me for sure. Um, anyway, so sort of moving on from that, um, I, I kind of wanted to lighten things up a little bit, and this isn't on the, the notes, Garrett. This episode's going to be long, but we're with oh our, my gosh, yeah, I forgot. We're with about our this. best friends, so I think this is okay. Um, okay. And uh, so, uh, Garrett, I, I'm introducing a, a new segment to the show. This is going to be a regular thing now. It's yeah. called domestic disputes. So this is when Noah and I have our have, <laughs> this is have, the new segment. Have Rain check that title a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there's going to be a big asterisk by it. I developed that title before last night, so maybe we need to develop that a little bit more. Um, so this 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 is going to be a segment in which Noah and I bring our conflict to the podcast, and we let people decide who's right. How do we how do we know, structure maybe, this? Maybe though, ask like, Will Smith about that one. It didn't work out super well for him. So maybe it's called the segment Will uh, Smith. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, next week our guest will be Will Smith. Oh man. Um, so. I will explain what happened, right? Okay. And sort of again, this is not like a serious conflict. Like Noah and I like are totally fine. I, I think the most. That yeah, came I just out think it's it was, funny that you're going first, but yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah tell well, your side first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I'm saying like I will tell, <laughs> I will tell my side, and then anything you want to correct, you can go ahead and correct. Okay, okay, okay? that's fair. Um, and I just thought this would be because oh, <laughs> I think the best parts of our show are, are are when Noah and I get into it, and I think that's I don't know. It's just, it's it's just. It's good TV, <laughs> as we as we found out last night. Okay. It's good TV. So I'll and be we have the a judge moderator now. Uh, yeah, yeah be, uh, you are uh, the moderator. I'm very curious to see how this is going to go when it's just the two of you. <laughs> it's just going to be you. Yeah, I know. Your Rachel's going to have to come in and press the stop button and tell you to go to bed because <laughs> it's been three yeah, hours. Chris, she's playing Chris Wallace in this experiment. She's yeah. like, hey, hold on, sir, sir, you've allotted your you've allotted your two minutes. So, so, um, <laughs> you like my Chris Wallace such joke? Such a ridiculous moment. Uh, so about a week ago, um, I was hanging out with Noah, and uh, I'm a clumsy person, right? Okay. Everybody knows this, right? I trip over my own. Uh, own you got to stop looking at me, Bailey, because uh, I'm going to leave all of my <laughs> leave all my reactions okay, here. I'll just look at Garrett. So uh, about a week ago, again, so I'm a clumsy person, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like reaching for something. No, I think I had my foot on like Noah's like center thing, like his coffee table or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sort of covered up, so I didn't see it, but his like salt shaker was there. And I accidentally kicked the salt shaker over and <laughs> broke it. Oh, no. <laughs> so you can see this happening in your mind's eye. Yeah, you know I can me. imagine. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I apologize, and I run, and I, I go grab the broom, and I sweep up all the 
the salt particles and, and the pieces of uh, ceramic elephant that are everywhere. And uh, I'm like, I know I'll, I'll replace it. I'll, I'll get you a new one. So, so don't worry about it. And so uh, that was kind of the end of that. And Noah was totally gracious about it. And, you know, he wasn't mad or anything. And um, definitely didn't try to like cut me with that ceramic. <laughs> um, so uh, throw that away. And we kind of moved on uh, a couple days later. Right. Yeah. A couple days later, Noah sends me a picture of a salt and pepper shaker set at Meyer, and he said, "Okay, that'll be ten bucks." And I was like, "Hold on a second. <laughs> I said that I would pay you back for the salt shaker that I broke. I'm not going to pay you back for the set." And so I was like, "I will send you five dollars for half of the set, right, to pay for what I broke." Okay. Who do you think is in the right? Hold on. Well, I didn't even get to tell my side. <laughs> I didn't even like, tell my side. Anything else to share? There is. <laughs> the the salt shaker the salt shaker that was broken uh, came in a set that was uh, it was a wedding gift okay. not to say that it's like invaluable but I can't go to my local Walmart or Target and just buy like and replace it yeah um, I had to buy a new salt and pepper shaker set because I'm not gonna have you know a pepper shaker that is a ceramic elephant and then a salt shaker that is a diner salt shaker, right? <laughs> so I have to buy a set because they only come in sets. You can't buy just a salt shaker or just a pepper shaker. You have to buy a set. Now I'll say this. I weighed the options and I sent you, I, I like picked the cheapest one that I was like, this one is the cheapest one and it's a set and it's like, the okayest looking one sure. and it's the cheapest it's ten dollars and what am i going to do with the other pepper shaker i can't use it i have to buy both of them and in order to fix in order to uh make reparations to reckon, yeah to make reparations yeah, in order to that. make in order to <laughs> make reparations <laughs> it's just a word it's just a word it doesn't have any connotation yeah nothing else make besides this context yeah, don't no, worry about no, it no, <laughs> no connotations at all your kitchen is the thing that needs reparations the most right salt and, now salt and pepper am i right uh <laughs> maybe uh, not my, anyways <laughs> I'm I'm losing I'm losing control of this argument. It's order okay. in the court. Order in the court. Can I ask, uh, yeah. ask her so, a couple of questions? Like, absolutely. yeah, of course. Go ahead. You obviously it was a gift for the for, from the wedding. Like, what would you say would be the estimated amount uh, that this this salt and pepper shaker would have? Is it like fine china here, where it's like limited edition, can, or is it from TJ Maxx? I could. Here's the thing. I could go on like on my wedding registry and go look at the actual price. Um, if that puts your mind at all at ease, Bailey. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, I already gave you ten dollars, so I don't, I, I don't need you to do this. Like, I already <laughs> well, no, conceded the I'm point. I'm just, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, again, why would that put my mind at ease? No, because I'm saying, like, in in my head, it was most likely like twenty to thirty five dollars, like a twenty to thirty five dollars set. Of, of salt and pepper shakers. May I just say that no salt and pepper shaker should be to 25 to 30. I agree, that's, man. That's I pretty agree. expensive. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say if it was anything else like a mug or something like that, you don't need to go out and buy like a whole set of mugs. Um, and I, I <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But also it yeah. being a salt and pepper shaker, it is a pair. You can't just go buy a salt shaker. Um, and like the, the fact that you kind of broke up the set in a way that you would have to then buy another one is 
is understandable. However, if if Once you that smokes smile off your face, you freaking. <laughs> However, remain okay. neutral. All right. <laughs> if you had like a set of wine glasses or something like that, there's a set of eight, and you broke one. It's not necessary because you can still use the other seven right. wine all glasses. The, the other seven. The the pair of salt and pepper pretty critical <laughs> like, they're yeah, like that's, that's what they, i'm saying they go together you know um okay. you, you can't have really one without the other here otherwise you know uh what a man wouldn't be the song that we know it is today um that's a nice salt and pepper <laughs> reference for <laughs> and, you guys and, and, nice. that's that's thank a good you. one thank you thank you um i think salt yeah. and pepper is like kind of a unique example there because you you can't use one without the other if he would have come that's to you fair. and he's like totally here's fair. a 35 dollar set or whatever you're saying these uh <laughs> these yeah the salt and pepper he, he shakers would be, that'd be county. that would be absurd yeah that's a little ridiculous yeah 10 bucks or something like that whatever you know i don't i don't think it's, it's sure. you know enough to 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 I, get super upset about but you know what, what are you doing right just now? I'm, hold on i'm just he's I'm, looking up salt and pepper <laughs> no I'm, I'm just looking <laughs> you already won okay i'm just looking think of it think at, of it like a what like what about what if it was like a shoe you know what i mean like if you had a really nice shoe well, and you like right, you and like I, stabbed and I ate one it, of right? them yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the dog that i am <laughs> if you walked into the room and you were gnawing on his shoe I'm, you're not going to just be like here's one shoe it's because no here's one just goes shoe. out and buy one and buys one shoe and he wouldn't be buying the set of shoes. If Bailey, do not worry your... about what I'm doing right no, now. No, I can't not worry about it. <laughs> I'm trying to find the actual price of these salt and pepper shakers. So yeah. I think that's a fair ruling, Garrett. I think that's a fair, fair ruling. I think it was, it was the position of the moon and I had had a particularly frustrating afternoon Noah didn't know that, and so I, I was just frustrated by the No, I'm, I, yeah, also, I, I don't yeah. know how this was communicated. I don't know what you know well, what was said where. Did Noah threaten yeah. you with the shard of, of ceramic there and threaten to like it, certainly the, not there was the that webs between your fingers or no. You know? <laughs> the only the only thing that I was like I, I think a little bit frustrated by just justifyingly was Noah was like, all right, that'll be $10. And there was like, Hey, can you give me $10? It was like, you're going to give me $10. And well, I was okay. like, well, I, I never liked being addressed like let that me, by let anybody. Me, yeah, let me, let me also explain. Students. Let me also explain that part of it. Um, I was at Meyer and I was like, I have to go because I have like a really tight schedule to keep here. And I like, sent you the picture to be like, okay, I'm, this is the one that I'm buying. That's why I sent you the picture. I was like, this is the one that I'm buying. Yeah. Um, and I sent it to you with a picture of the, of the price tag in view so that you did so that you knew I wasn't trying to like cheap you out of I, money I, to I, be I, like, I oh, it's $15. Screw him. It was actually 10. <laughs> like, no, I like wanted to take a picture and be like, that's the one, like yeah. this is the one I'm getting. You know see, what I mean? See, that makes sense. It, it's all, it all works out, you know? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad so, nobody's um, feelings were hurt, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so that, see, I'm just so invested. In I, I need to find it. I need to find it. So that um, working title <laughs> has been resolved. <laughs> um, thank you for moderating, Garrett. Um, yeah. So I, how do we how do we conclude the segment? Do you guys hug it out? Like, how are we? You know, how are we? The conclusion I'll is, I win. Pat on the back. Yeah, Noah, that, wins. <laughs> Noah wins and Bailey yes. loses. Maybe keep a tally of that yeah. one. That'll work really yeah. well. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> hold on. How, how hold much on. is it? I'm showing it. Garrett. I'm showing Garrett. It's not, it's not focusing. Focus. Okay, it's I see focus. it. It's it's coming into view. What is that? Fifteen bucks. Fourteen dollars. Fourteen ninety nine. Okay, I, 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 you now need to give me back two of those dollars. Wait a minute. Wait you. a minute. Uh, just kidding. It was a joke. Was this a joke. is not part of the domestic dispute. Okay, so <laughs> or, or uh, whatever it's called, a people's court. That's what we'll call it. Ooh, uh, that's that's never been used before. <laughs> um, so uh, that's been closed. Thank you for moderating, Garrett, and uh, sticking with us through our silly little conflict. 
that's the, that's our that's our new show. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> something before we move into our last segment, I wanted to to just ask a brief question, and this has mm-hmm. been circulating right on on Instagram. Um, Nick Cage. Uh, a, a personal favorite human of ours and just like lovely uh, little weirdo has announced that he would love to play Egghead in the Batman universe, right? The Matt Reeves Batman universe. Yes. And I was thinking, I was like, Nick Cage would make a sick Batman villain, mm-hmm. but I don't know if Egghead is the move for that universe. I just mm. wanted to ask you guys, who would you think uh, would be a villain in the Batman universe that Nick Nick Cage could play? Honestly, my, like my head goes to um, Two-Face, but like, so much like so much Tommy Lee Jones in it, you know, that's just it's just like Tommy Lee Jones's two face. That's my pick. Yeah. Okay. You think uh, that fits in universe, though? Yeah. Why not? Tell uh, me it doesn't. N- n- Nick Cage is a is a is a crazy man. <laughs> he is an absolute <laughs> lunatic yeah. of a human being if I've ever seen one. So I think he would do really well with like Mad Hatter or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think goodness. that That'd could be, be really insane. cool. Or he could even do like voice acting for uh, I think the the puppet is it, what is it called the puppet yeah Scarface like, is it, yes I was yeah, I was gonna say Jigsaw I was like it's not Jigsaw um, that's yeah, the Scarface. Punisher guy Scarface I think that that would be really interesting if he did the voice of like this little puppet that could be cool but yeah. I think uh, if I'm thinking of absolute lunatics of Batman villains uh, Victor Zaz too. Um, that could be really. I thought about that too. That, I, thought I thought about that, that too. That, that was one of my first thoughts that I, I had. I see more of him as like the guy that plays, uh, that plays, that kind of plays Scorpion in the Spider Man movies, the newer ones. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely see him as a victim. I see Nick Cage as playing the guys in the Arkham games when you're just walking around and they jump on your back and you have to like smash hey, X to him. get them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those, those guys that give you <laughs> that random jump scare in Arkham Asylum when you're yeah. just walking around and they're like, ah! and they like, drop on you. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I, I was kind of thinking, I know that Matt Reeves has, has, a has a pretty big interest in, in Victor Freeze. Um, Who, me? And I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Noah. I think that, um, we've seen a lot of sides of Nick Cage. Like we've seen like the absolutely insane side of mm-hmm. Nick Cage. We've also seen like a very like reserved subtle side. Yeah. And I think if you kind of tack and tack, tap into like the more pig side of Nicolas Cage. Oh my goodness. With just like a dash of insane, I think he could make a really compelling Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Especially because he is an older man. You know, I I think it would be sort of an interesting take and maybe an interesting direction for him to play a Mr. Freeze type character. I'm sure there are a thousand other actors that could do a, a brilliant job, but if Victor, if he really wants to be a villain, right, Nick Cage, I think, and I think he would do it well. Um, maybe that could be an interesting direction. I, I just think in, if there's one thing to be said about Matt Reeves's Batman universe, it's that the recognizable people that will put on an amazing performance have to have their face hidden. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Nick Cage is just too Nick Cagey to look at him and and you know stay in that universe. Right. Unfortunately. For I sure. think Nick Cage could also, I could hear an argument for literally anyone in like the Batman mythos. If you were like, Nick Cage yeah. would make a really great uh, Talia al Ghul, I'd be like, that's an outside pick, <laughs> but I'm excited to see yeah. it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be a, a different one. Uh, yeah, I think he would he'd make a really brilliant um, King Shark, <laughs> personally. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a long one, but this is probably the closest um, close part to the end of our show. So last segment, what have we been reading, watching, and, and listening to? 
Uh, I'll go first. Sure. That's, that's how it is in the document, at least. So I've been watching a lot of movies, especially I, I watched a few to, to catch up uh, with last awards season. Um, watched uh, The Worst Person in the World, which Oop. if I had watched it last year, would have been my favorite movie of last year. <laughs> I thought that movie was brilliant. And, so good. Uh, got absolutely no love, and, and it's just insane. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful movie. Um, and also watched uh, Summer of Soul, which is another wonderful, beautiful movie for a completely different reason. And yeah. Uh, um, just an achievement documentary filmmaking, like really restoring all of that lost footage. And was it was so cool to see like a young Stevie Wonder just absolutely murder it. <laughs> like yeah. it was that was a really cool moment. And seeing Gladys Knight become Gladys Knight and same mm-hmm. with Mavis Staples, like really cool, really cool moments. Um, I've also been watching the show that Noah recommended last time, Smiling Friends yep. <laughs> on HBO Max. I have Which heard is of an this. absolute Garrett, I don't know. <laughs> Literally don't know. in this episode, and go pop on the first episode. And actually, do you have anybody around that you could watch it with? Because you might wanna. It's, it's my it's, cat. Uh, does that count? <laughs> yeah, I think Betty would love it. I think we invite really the neighbors it. over. <laughs> it's super wild. It's like a yeah. I, I can't even really tell you what it's it. It like. really is Adult Swim yeah. at its at its most so it's insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've also been um playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. And uh, I've been going back and playing uh, the Borderlands games just because, I don't know, they're kind of wacky and fun. Uh, and I finished Seth Rogen's book, yearbook. Finally, I've been oh, really literally like a month and a half. I've been ago. really wanting to read your book. That's been on my list for a, for a hot minute. It, it's awesome, and there's an amazing Nicolas Cage story, like oh, an absolutely insane one, I'm where sold. he like is auditioning for the the villain in the Green Hornet, and he like shows up in costume as like a white Rasta. Oh yeah, 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 doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm... And 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 Seth is like, that's maybe not what we're going for. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's insane, and I think that you'll, you'd really like it. Um, yeah, I need to check that but out. Also, uh, Noah and I are, are, are working on the song that we talked about last week. We started it, I think, literally two days ago. So, yeah, um, that's that's pretty early days, but. That's what's up. No, but hey, you there's progress. Uh, yes, I was talking to you about this a little bit, but um, Rachel introduced me to Love Is Blind on Netflix, uh, and I'm not really a reality TV person, but yeah. I'm I'm hooked. I think it's it's so interesting. I just think it's like it's really uh, it's really serious TV, but in a way that's like you get invested without wanting to get invested. Um, because it is one of those kind of almost clickbaity, like, yeah, but what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and I, even when I watch reality TV, I'm like, this can't be real, right? This is staged, right? Like the, you know, those two couples just went to the same place, but they're trying to make it look like it's not the same place. Everybody's using the same brand of wine glass that they're all like, why is that? I'm not really certain. It's, it's all weird, but it just feels so real, but like, yeah, I'm super invested in it. Um, and then as Bailey mentioned, smiling friends, uh, I've not moved on any farther than, than you and I had, had gotten in that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Oh, I, we didn't talk about this before, but I finished how I met your father. Uh, the season finale was a little while ago and it's still fine. Yeah. I'm, I started watching it today and it is in fact fine. Yes. There is an, uh, a dro- <laughs> there's a drop, there's a, uh, drops of Jupiter by train needle drop at the end of the second episode. <laughs> that is just as ridiculous as you might imagine it to be. <laughs> So. Wow. So uh, anyways, like Garrett, a, what about you? Yeah. A rousing endorsement of How I Met Your Father. Don't know if I'm going to be checking <laughs> that one out. Um, yeah, as far as Josh movies, Peck's in it, though. So. Josh Peck? 
Yeah, yeah he's, 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 really in a, he's like a principal character anyway. So. Oh, man. he's a, He plays a principal, like at a high school? He literally does. <laughs> like a vice principal, yeah. yeah. He literally does. <laughs> he does, yes. yeah. Very nice. I was just making a joke. I was being dumb. Okay. Uh, <laughs> movies that I've watched. Um, I watched uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once recently, which is A24's uh, newest movie. Uh, it's uh, from the Daniels, uh, who directed uh, Swiss Army Man. Uh, and it is amazing it's so so good um it's one of those movies that like you watch and you're just like completely like ah oh, god I, that's why i love movies it's it's incredible i've never really seen anything like it very excited for you two to watch it um as far as tv is concerned um i have restarted uh boy meets world on disney plus uh, i watched that movie or that show when i was a, a young lad and uh, I never finished it. And so I'm kind of rewatching that now and it's such a joy and it's still so funny and it's really good. It's so funny. It's I, so I, I funny. was watching it the other uh, other day with my students and I was like, cause it was the last day before spring break. And I was like, we're yeah. going to, we're going to watch this. And they, they were laughing. It was, so it, they it was liked it. Hard. I was, I was gr- yeah, they did. from the stories that you've told me about these kids. I was just expecting them to be like, boo, the show you like sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that did happen when I was like, guys, we could watch the Muppets. And they were like, who likes the Muppets? <laughs> You're like, this guy and, uh, does your teacher and I call the shots. We're watching the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. So they, 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 they did like it though, which was surprising to me. Yeah. Good, good. Um, yeah. I've also uh, been watching Ted Lasso and I'm entirely caught up with that show uh, and I've enjoyed it. I'm not as in love with it as the rest of the world seems to be, uh, but I think it's really nice. Um, as far as what I've been reading, um, I read Moon Knight, uh, The Bottom by Charlie uh, Houston. Uh, and I'd never really read a Moon Knight comic before, and it's really dark. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's interesting kind of reading this leading up to the uh, Moon Knight TV show, so very interested uh, to see how that translates. Also been reading uh, The Cheerleaders by Kara Thomas, as well as Star Wars Black Spire by Delia S. Dawson, or uh, Delia S. Dawson. Uh, Cheerleaders is fine, and Black Spire is cool, because uh, I'm going to Disneyland in the future, and I kind of wanted to know all the ins and outs. Uh, video games. I've been playing um, God of War. You know the game that came out several years ago that was really popular. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just now oh, getting yeah. around to it. Um, turns out, pretty good game. It's a pretty good game. <laughs> you guys kind of know That's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to be uh, political or anything, but God of War, pretty good game. Um, but yeah, really that's all. The, us all with that that's day. all the things that I've been uh, been uh, consuming with my eyes and my ears, and not mouths, but you know. In time. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. That, that, that'd be bad for your digestive <laughs> Those are some good choices. Uh, I like that with your TV category, it's like all really positive and encouraging television. So, hey, uh, man, I need it. <laughs> we need that right now. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. That's why Coda won Best Picture because we exactly. need stuff like that. Yeah, yeah after exactly after now that I've finished uh, Ted Lasso, I'm considering either diving into like uh, Peacemaker or Yellow Jackets or Search Party. Oh. Uh, so I've got quite the uh, Sophie's Choice there. Very excited yeah. for that. I, I uh, haven't seen Search Party, but for the other two, I, I, I loved Yellow Jackets, and I think you would be really into it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not... I can <laughs> like, vouch for that, yeah. It's not light and cheery, but it's really great. And, <laughs> and Peacemaker, I think I was probably one of the biggest fans of that show. Um, I thought it was like really unique and interesting. Um, anyway, so that's that's our show, guys. Uh, an hour and 43 minutes later, that's it. So... Um, Garrett, thanks for being a guest so much. Um, I'll have you happy plug some here. stuff here in a second. Yeah, um, we're happy to have you, and hopefully you'll you'll be back and join us. Um, yeah, I'd love in, to in, in person. Hopefully soon, but you know, on screen is the best we can do for now, and we're happy of to course. see you. Of course, of uh, course. So special shout out to the wonderful Brady Bolden for composing our theme. Again, I'm your host Bailey Hunt, and you can find me at Bailey James 1215 on Instagram and Bailey J Hunt on Twitter, Letterboxd. 
LinkedIn, maybe. Hook <laughs> <You know? laughs> me up with the job. Only fans, all that uh, kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> only friends, that's what I'm about. <laughs> yes. And I'm your other host, Noah DeGeorge. You can find me at Noah underscore DeGorgeous on Twitter and Instagram and Spotify and Letterboxd. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can also follow our show at Strictly Conversational Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Garrett, where are you? Where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Garrett McDowell. Uh, and if you want to listen to some more movie talks, uh, I host a, a Star Wars podcast with the other guy in the show. Noah DeGeorge and we've got a Woo. new episode coming out in a couple days on Wednesday and new episodes every Wednesday so if you're interested in that love to have you um, I also uh, am a co-host of a horror podcast called the Bloody Blood Cinema Club uh, and we've got a new episode uh, kind of capping off our women in horror uh, month that we've been doing this entire month and we've got some exciting stuff planned for next month and we'd love to have you there as well cool Sounds like some good stuff. Sounds good sounds stuff, legit. You know, it sounds like you know what you're talking about, Garrett. You sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hope so, yeah. Um, and and that, that's our show. Uh, we will know. You will know our topic for next week when we do. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Garrett, again, thanks so much for being here today. Um, uh, even if you're not in person, it's still good to see your face. Um, so until next time, friends, remember to never take yourselves too seriously and find new ways to love each other every day. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.